welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Great to be here today and be in the presence of God's people. How many of you are glad to be here today? Amen and amen. Amen. Let me open up the chat, see what y'all talking about in the chat. Um, excited for what God has in store for us. And I am, let me turn my voice down. It's talking all loud. Uh, <laughs> but we are, we are, we, we're doing good. Um, and so glad to see um, people coming out and you guys coming in consistently. It feels great to be with the body feels great to hug your neck um it just feels great well let's dig in um to today's message um turn to genesis 45 verses 1 through 8 genesis 45 verses 1 through 8 Let's go. One, two, three. Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all his attendants. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. I want to talk about today seeing hard seasons through divine eyes. Seeing hard seasons through divine eyes. Father, we need you to make sense of it all. Sometimes when we've gone through or are going through a difficult time, um, most of the time, it is absolutely unclear whether or not you're present, whether or not you care, and whether or not you're working. And so, mighty one, will you show your face today and encourage your people that you haven't forgotten about them, but that you've been there all along working for great good that they never knew that you were working towards. So God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable 
in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Seeing heart seasons through divine eyes. A phrase that I have heard over and over for the last year and a half, if not two years, I mean consistently is three words. It's been hard. I, I can't, I don't know, I, I don't know anybody that hasn't had a major crash course of difficulty of some kind over the last two years. In our church's history, we've never had the amount of hospitalizations of members in the sea. I mean, the amount of sickness, um, the amount of challenge. I mean, people had long stays in the hospital. Um, people getting cancer, people, it's, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot. I mean, it's been death, sickness, job loss, strained relationships. It's been emotional health challenges, uh, emotional uh, health, health challenges. It's been financial woes. It's been structuring, managing children. I, I don't know about the parents, but you're trying to figure out how to, one day you're in school, next day you're out of school. You're like, well, I don't know how, for those of you who got jobs, if you can't just be home, you know, it's been tough. And then there's been chronic loneliness for people. Many times while our faces are in the sand, we don't know though that God is still working in and through us. Even in the midst of death, he's working. Even in the midst of sickness, he's working. Even in the midst of job loss, he's working. Even in the midst of strained relationships, you guessed it, he's working. Even in the midst of emotional health challenges, he's working. In the midst of financial woes, he's working. Even in the midst of structuring, managing children, he's working. Chronic illnesses, he's working. God never wastes a season of your life. I wish y'all would help me preach it today. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 it's interestingly enough, I, I, love, I love living here. I love, I love living, I mean, we would live, live down south, and we lived in, you know, it'd be 70 degrees on Christmas. And, and you know, and people were like, I love, the, the way, and, and you know, for me, I like to experience all four seasons. I do, I, I like them some, I got a love-hate relationship with winter, like many of us do. Um, you know, um, you like, you like to, to layer, you know, we like to layer. Those of us who like to dress a little nice every now and then, and you know, wear some warm colors like burgundy and, you know, burnt orange and our browns, you know, you know, your, your layering colors and, you know, your foundational color and then you complement it with other speckles of color. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know what I'm about. But, but it's funny. It's funny. Um, I, I see people, I say, why are you moving down there? And they say, I'm just sick of the weather up here. And, and what, they, what they're saying is, I, I don't, I don't, they say, I just want to experience one or two seasons. If I can just put myself in a situation where I can just experience one or two seasons, I'm a good. And what I'm trying to avoid are the seasons that I view as bad. But what's funny, though, is they move down there and it'd be hurricane season and tornado season. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you can think you're avoiding hardship by moving to something 
that's not hard, and you'll find yourself, God say, oh, you think you're going to run away from a difficult time? Well, I got some stuff. I got some weather. It may not be the weather that you are avoiding, but it's a different level of hardship. Somebody ought to hear me. Have you ever tried to avoid a season, a hard season? You can see the thunder clouds. You can see everything happening in front of you, and you're like, I'm going to try to walk around, and the clouds just follow you to wherever you're going. Because listen, you cannot avoid what God is trying to work you through and what he's trying to work out of you. Oh my God, today. And when God is working, and listen, I don't like it either. I wish there was no suffering. I wish there was no sickness. I wish there were no flu shots. I wish there were no boosters. I wish there was no COVID. I wish there was no cancer. I wish there was no death. But in order for that to happen, Jesus got to come back. <laughs> and so until then, we're going to have to figure out how, this, you, this is when you, you put on your, your grown Christian britches. You're going you're gonna to have to learn that you're going to have a swinging life where seasons are sometimes going to be absolutely hard. Now, you can either get frustrated or let the gospel prepare you to say, okay. It's, I, I, you know, I, you, so sometimes when it's really, really good, I, I get scared because the good sometimes be so good that the bad, I feel like I'm gonna feel real bad. I don't know, you ever been there before? And so I, I, I want us to be trained. Somebody say trained. trained. Say it again, trained. trained. One, one more time for the ghost. Yes, we gotta be trained in how to deal with and see what God does and have divine eyes in hard seasons. I got one point and one point only for you today in seeing hard seasons through divine eyes. Number one, God is working on a larger story in every season of your life. God is working on a larger story. Somebody say larger story. It's interesting. Joseph, Joseph, son of Jacob, uh, it says, it says Joseph can no longer keep his composure in front of all his attendants. So he called out, send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity <coughs> to his brothers. So what in the world is going on here? Why is Joseph breaking down and falling apart? And he's <coughs> literally the vice regent of the entire kingdom of Egypt. What, what's going on with him? Well, let, let, let's, let's look in this uh, story. He, he is, it, it's now another, it's about seven, he's, he's, he's in his late 30s now, embarking on his 40s. He, when he was 17 years old, he had a vision and a dream. And he told his parents and they all laughed about it. And, and, and listen, sometimes as he's thinking about it, and you got to think about this too, sometimes it's the crazy things God shows you that is actually what God is saying. In this dream, he ended up sharing, and they, they, they waved him off. And what's crazy is his family, he didn't tell them the interpretation of the dream. They already knew the interpretation because all the family had to give him the interpretation. If you look at the text, they was able to interpret the dream. It was funny. <clears throat> then he remembered. He's breaking down over this. <clears throat> he remembered them taking off the coat of many colors. His dad had given him a gift. Of course, he was favoring a child, which Genesis, listen, let me tell you something. This is for free. The Bible is the realest book on the planet. 
God could have sanitized the stories, but he let you see the dysfunction of people's families that are now people in the hall of faith. So if you have a dysfunctional family or come from one, you're in great company. Because Genesis, the first book of the Bible starts off with family drama. (laughs) So listen, crazy didn't start with your family. It's an ancient ideology. (laughs) Um, um, You know, um, but what's interesting is he probably was pained because in seasons like this, (coughs) and even for us, you, 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 you ever had people jealous of you and they did whatever they could to tear down your value? Joseph is remembering his value being torn down by his own siblings. Drama in the family. He, he's crying because he remembered being thrown in a well. You ever been thrown away or felt thrown away or expendable? He's remembering all of this as he's standing in front of his brothers All of these things are calling his emotions to flash because they got jealous of him and they threw him in the well to sell him into slavery. And then all of a sudden, his cousins come by. His cousins, the Ishmaelites. Those are his cousins. They're going going to Egypt. And so Joseph's brothers saw them coming by and he remembered his brothers selling him to slavery. He's in the pit. The Ishmaelites caravan is coming by and he's down in the pit and all of a sudden a rope comes down and he climbs out of the pit thinking it's all over. But little did he know in him thinking that it was all over, one of his worst nightmares was about to come to pass because he had a dream of exaltation but where his life is about to go doesn't match what God told him. Have you ever heard God give you a promise and something happened that didn't match what he told you? And so here he comes. Here he comes. And he comes out and the Ishmaelites are standing there in in, in their regalia. And and, and they're speaking. They're saying, how much do you want for him? And they're standing there. He said, what are y'all doing? He said, he said, no. He says, sold. They tied ropes around his he said, are y'all crazy? How would you know what this is going to do to dad? And he's pleading for his life. He said, we're cousins. We're br- you're my brothers. You ever had somebody just disappoint you that was close to you and you were confused by that? That's what he's remembering. All of the pain is just flooding him at this point. He, he, it's flooding him and he's on his way to Egypt. And he said, I can't believe you bought me. We're family. And he's walking to Egypt, probably behind a camel or a donkey. He walks from the land that they were in, all the way to the land of Canaan, all the way to Egypt. Can you imagine him saying, take me back. My father will pay double for you. They didn't listen. Then he gets to Egypt. He sees the pyramids or whatever's going on at that particular time. He sees it's grandeur because he's a country boy. So he's in the city and he comes to a beautiful place as a slave. This is not a vacation for them. Everybody else gets to sightsee. He's walking in and people knowing he's about to be sold. He goes on to the auction block and Potiphar 
bids for him. And when Potiphar bids for him, he bids for him and, and buys him. And when he bids for him, buys him, he comes into the house and <clears throat> Joseph is 17 years old. 17 years old, he gets in Potiphar's house <clears throat> and he starts having a hard season still. But guess what he starts doing? The Bible says, and God's favor was on him. And it says, <clears throat> and Pharaoh's house began to grow and benefit. Stuff got organized. Sometimes in a hard season, you got to get to work. <clears throat> Sometimes in a hard season, your favor isn't getting out of the season. <clears throat> I know that ain't popular because I'm supposed to say your season is coming <laughs> in about three days. He's going to know 17 years, fam. You're going to have a hard time. Nobody want to hear that. Because that don't get you the bag. <laughs> that man went in there with dreams with no date on them. Listen, listen. God doesn't owe you an expedited explanation or a quicker timeline for him to bring something to pass. And so he's in the midst of this experience in God's favor. And so he's thinking to himself, oh man, things are going to get better now. I'm, I'm getting up in the house now. I'm second in command. One day, <clears throat> you know something's going to happen when the Bible leads with a statement like this. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance so he 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 I mean he in he in the good weight season of a man's life he out, he out there one day he got a little hot in Egypt one day and he took off his shirt to do some work outside and he started scrubbing the deck and his triceptacles and his bicepticles was moving part of his wife was like Oh my goodness. Look at that Hebrew Israelite. Mm. Joseph. Hey, Jojo. Come here, baby. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let me put on my shirt. No, nah, leave that off. Leave that. It's okay. I don't want to work you too hard. He's like, okay. Yes, ma'am. What you need? Let's go to the bedroom real quick. Would you need me to um, light the candles? <laughs> Something like that. Lie with me. This is nah. And she kept pressing him. Now, Joseph, to our knowledge, has never been with anybody. This is an older woman. But guess what? Guess what? He makes the statement of a lifetime. When she last asked him, he didn't say, I don't want to get you pregnant. He didn't say, I, I don't want to catch an STD. That's not what he said. He didn't say, we don't have any protection. Oh, it's getting real, real now, huh? 
<clears throat> he says, how can I do this sin against God? <laughs> he, was, he was motivated by God. Because listen, when we're in a hard time, he's a slave. He's like, shoot, I deserve a little something. You know how we do. God will forgive me. But guess what he does? And Joseph wasn't perfect. We'll see that in a minute. But, 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 but what's interestingly enough here as he's working through this, we have to still in our difficult time have a God-motivated heart. A gospel-motivated heart. And we will see this fully pictured in our Lord. And so as he is weeping, he also remembers she, her saying, since you won't sleep with me, she cries out, Potiphar comes home. She lies on him. He said, I didn't touch her. I didn't touch your wife. He says, no, nah, man, you wildin'. He grabs him, puts him in prison. And he's yelling. He's like, I get sold into slavery. I'm helping this man's house. God's favor is on me. And then I get thrown in prison for something that I didn't do. He gets to prison. And, 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 and they said, what you do to get in, bro? He says, nothing. He said, they said, right. And so he's in there. And after he was in there for a while, because you got to tell the story because everybody don't know the story. Um, and he gets in prison. And when he gets in prison, again, God's favor is on him. Man, God's favor is on him as he tries to do the best he can with the situation that he's in. <laughs> and he becomes leader of the prison. The warden holds him up really, really high. A chief cupbearer and baker had a dream. They both woke up, had a dream. Joseph hit up. The cupbearer told him his dream. The baker was like, oh, man, that's a favorable dream. I better see what, see what blessings come in my way, too. He tells him the truth, and it wasn't a favorable response. Three days later, just like Joseph said, one got put in this position, the other one got his head cut off. Well, before he went out, Joseph says, don't forget me. Tell Pharaoh about me. And immediately the Bible says he forgot about Joseph. You ever did something for somebody? Ask them, don't forget about you. And they took what you gave them, got themselves on and left you where you were. Oh, I know this ain't no real congregation no more. Y'all ain't been through something like that. But interestingly enough, so he's weeping. And he's crying because it's finally coming full circle. <clears throat> what are the chances that once he gets sold into slavery, <clears throat> that he would be exalted to second in command of Egypt and the famine would spread all the way to the land of Canaan and his father would send his brothers to Egypt? See, when stuff like that happened, stuff that, stuff that you, you couldn't have scripted if you tried, God always wants to bring your life full circle. He's, he's always bringing your life full circle. And the Bible says he wept so loudly. <clears throat> he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and Pharaoh's household heard it. That's some crying. That's some, that's some, my, my grandmama used to say howling. Um, he gave himself, I love this. This is a good principle for us. He gave himself the space to deal with the emotional impact of the trauma and pain and loss he experienced. <laughs> Listen, hard seasons 
isn't time to ignore the trauma, the hardship, and the pain that you went through. You can't hold all that in forever, family. Let it go. People, think, people wonder why people be hollering in church during praise and worship. Hallelujah! And you be like this. The people that look at them like that ain't never been through nothing. Because when you've been through something and the song come on, and then they put that thing in a vamp, a good vamp, and a good worship leader know how to bring some stuff up, to pull some stuff up out of you, and you be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. God is good. Hallelujah. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. If, if, when you've been through something, you, you, and then when somebody else start praising, and you know what they've been through. And then you're like, I know what they've been through. I know what they've been through. I know what they've been through. Hey! <laughs> and then it starts to go all around the church. You got, listen, worship, this is for free, is helpful for your emotional health. Some of y'all, if y'all would worship and bless the Lord and open up your mouth and give him the fruit of your lips, just some of the depression might go away. Just some of the anguish may just go away. So listen, your pressure can go down in worship. Listen, you better, you better. Listen, I should do a series on the benefits of worship. I felt that in my, I felt that in my shine now, now right there. Help me today, God. Woo! Help me, help me today. Woo! Y'all don't know that thing. It's something. That, that's that, that, that. You ever went to church and you left? You, I just feel better. I don't even know what happened. I don't remember the sermon. All I know is something's off me right now. And that's the goodness of God. That's why the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Don't get me started preaching right now. Woo! So he, so he, he's weeping. He no longer cares what anybody thinks. But even here, God has to sanctify him through his response. You're going to see in the text him go through phases. Because when you begin to emotionally really deal with what you've gone through, that's when, perfect, that's when God begins to perfect you. If you ignore what you're going through, God can't sanctify you. So now you have to begin to say, I'm angry. You know what? I'm, I'm, I think I'm bitter. I'm, I think I'm, I, oh, oh, I, oh, I don't like them at all. Um, I actually hate them. I want to kill all of them. All of them. Slowly. In a basement with a lamp on, swinging back and forth. And I have a mask over my face. Menacing them like a horror movie. Y'all know when we mad at somebody, we know how to be mad. Don't you act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You've been mad at somebody. Woo! Some of the stuff, some of the stuff that crossed my mind sometimes to do to people make me think I need to get saved. I need to one day just get up. Does anybody want to get saved? And I just stand here myself and just say, me. Mm. 
I got some evil things in me I need God to work through. I don't know about you. I need the help of the king. Woo. <laughs> so guess what he does in chapter 42, verse 7? He speaks harshly to him. There's a little bit of I want to get back at you. This is, this is not, he, this was not right. He spoke harshly to them. Ain't that crazy? We thought Joseph was perfect. <laughs> then after that, we'll come back to this. He begins to put them through several tests. Guess what he does to them? He imprisons them. Why do you think he did that? Because he went into prison. Oh, he was being a little... All of us got a little bit of petty. <laughs> all of us got a little bit of petty. Yeah. So he said, since y'all like to throw people in prison and enslave them, let's put your sanctification to the test. <laughs> he threatened to kill them. In verse, man, Joseph, he was being superlatively petty, y'all. And then he held his emotions again. Because while he was doing it, I believe the Holy Spirit convicted him. But you got to be free to emotionally express yourself in healthy ways without it being vengeful. That's a word, y'all. That's a word. That means you cursing them out is not right. I don't care if you say what you did. What you did. Listen, listen, listen. You have to respond with holiness, even though they didn't. Verse three, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? Can you imagine that? He just blurts that out. <laughs> I am Joseph. Is my dad still alive? He says, what? He says, they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Oh, this is interesting. When people know they did you wrong, they think you are going to do to them what they did to you. <laughs> particularly when you're in a position to. See, it takes a lot of sanctification to be in a position to do what somebody did to you, you do it to them. It takes a lot of sanctification and restraint to cut somebody's legs off. I remember somebody did me dirty years ago. And some people called me and said, well, should we work with this person? And this, I believe there was, um, there was, there was petty here and pardon here. Petty was like, man, gut him, cut it all for him. The other side's like, you know, if you do this, you'll show you haven't gotten over this. And I ended up giving a kind word for an open door. And it kept happening. God will bring things your way to show you where you are and where you're not. Even when you thought it was over seasonally, there can still be emotional 
connection and spiritual challenge later because of a lack of healing from that event or that season. And what God will do is he will do checkups to show you where your sanctification meter is years later even. And it's healthy for us. It's healthy for us. But they didn't know, they didn't know what he had been through. They, they, they didn't know they, that he had been with God though. Do you know how you got, uh, me and Pastor Kerber talking about this, uh, do you know what kind of relationship with God it takes for him to go through all of that and not deconstruct his faith? I mean, think about it. God gives you a dream that puts you in slavery. Then prison. But then God starts bringing it full circle. And, 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 and when people think you're going to do it wrong and, and you walk with God, it's like, yo, you never know. And Jesus was able to survive the cross because he pressed into the Father. He pressed into the Father. Listen in your heart, you got to press into the Father. They don't know how you processed with God. Because how many of you have wrestled with God through your hardship? Listen, Paul learned some of these paradoxes of grace. I call them paradoxes of grace. Somebody say paradox of grace. It's it's favor despite what you go through. Listen to Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. He says, now we have this treasure in clay jars so that the extraordinary power may be from God and not us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despairing. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal bodies. Listen to Paul's paradox. He says, I'm perplexed, but we don't despair. What that mean? <clears throat> when you go through something, perplexity is, is, is hopeful deconstruction. Yes. In other words, perplexed says, I don't know why this is happening, God, but I trust you. Despair is hopeless deconstruction. You're hoping for the worst because you're going through the worst and you can't see God's goodness through the worst. Another one Paul says, this, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's all over the place. Oh, God, it's too much here. He says we are, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he went through a lot. He says we are not giving anyone an occasion for offense uh, for, our, for our ministry. He said instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves in everything by great endurance, by afflictions. By hardship, by difficulty, by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of God, by the power of God, through the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, through glory, if I experience glory or dishonor, through slander or good report, regarded as deceivers, yet true, unknown, yet recognized as dying yet we live as being disciplined yet not killed as grieving yet also rejoicing as poor yet enriching many as having nothing yet possessing everything what you're going through isn't all you're going through God 
is yet working. And you have to always, to stay sane, find evidences of grace. <laughs> you can't, because you can get toxic. You ever been toxic? You ever been toxic? Everything come out of you, it just rubs off. It goes from positive and then somehow goes negative. <laughs> they don't know that he wrestled with God. They don't know the questions he asked. And Joseph says, then Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. Oh, my God. The people who caused him to plane, he says, come near. Come close to me. This is a deep statement. This statement is huge. It's giving them the ability to approach him after their rash betrayal. I believe that he put them through some of those tests, this is key right here. Some of the things, I don't think everything Joseph did was petty. I think the one thing that he did, and this is, this is a very, very important principle, <clears throat> that <clears throat> there are some <clears throat> things or people or situations that you might have had a hardship with or a breakage with. And some people, in order for there to be restoration and reconciliation relationally, you got to know what they like now. So guess what they did? They wanted to see how he treated his younger brother, Benjamin, because he was the youngest brother at the time. So he tested how they felt. And when he saw them, they were there one time in the room and he said, we're going to get Benjamin. And he was speaking in Hebrew and they didn't know that he, he didn't know, they didn't know that he understood them. And he was in there. They were saying, we can't, our father, you remember what happened to Joseph? And Joseph breaks out crying. And he runs out of the room because he's beginning to realize that he had been petty to them and they had changed. They had changed, and he wept. His, his weeping probably was a myriad of things. But you, got, you, you do have to test who you allow back in your life. I'm telling you, if I don't say nothing, that's a word. Because you can forgive someone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we buddy-buddy. Restoration don't mean you got to come to the cookout. It just means I forgive you. You go your way. I go my way. But then there are times where God sweetly brings things together. And everybody can come to their conclusions and connect in beautiful ways. Look at verse 5. He says, and now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here. Do you know what kind of healing it has to be. He didn't start saying, you sold me into slavery. I can't believe he didn't do that. He says, don't be grieved or angry. Where they were spiritually gave him the freedom to say this. For selling me here. And this is where the rubber meets the road. And I couldn't imagine the shock of him saying this to them. He says, because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. I don't know when God revealed this to him. I don't know. I don't know if he, he, he began meditating on the oral tradition because the Bible wasn't written yet. And he probably heard his grandfather, heard of his grandfather talking about the whole experience of God raising up a nation through him. 
And God started giving him a biblical Christology in Egypt. <laughs> and he starts saying, and so my dad, my, my, my great-grandfather Abraham, and then my grandfather, I mean, my, my grandfather Abraham, and then my father Israel is now the hand on him, and then the 12 of us are going to be the means for the nation. And the Lord told him, the Lord told him, he says, I am going to use you. I believe it probably had to happen sometime in this gap. And he said, I'm going to use you to lead towards the Messiah being born. When God makes, your pain makes sense. Your pain makes sense. And, and, and he was able to say, God, forgive me. I know I had a bad time, but I couldn't believe you were alley-ooping for something much bigger. And ultimately, when he met Jesus in, in glory, he saw the full picture of what things were going to be. That's why he says, I'm, I'm not even angry about it anymore. He says, because God sent me ahead of you. Sent in the Bible is missionary language. It means it's language of purpose. God's purpose sometimes is at its best when you're in your darkest seasons. I like what he says later, and then Jacob later dies. You'll see. He later dies. We'll look at that in a second. He says, therefore, it was not you who sent me here, verse 5, but God. See, most of us would say, God put you in slavery, and God put you, no, 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 no. I see it now, God's hand on this whole thing. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and rule over all the land. So he remembered that God brought him out of prison, though. He remembered that although man had forgotten him, God didn't. He remembered that in the broken season, God was still using him. He remembered being uh, taken to Pharaoh and hearing his dreams. He remembered being exalted to vice Pharaoh. He remembered getting married uh, uh, to Asenath. And he remembered having his children who were half African and half Hebrew for free. It's crazy to me. Your narrative has bigger themes in it. When Jacob dies in chapter 50, his brothers got scared and bowed before him and they, and they, they thought that with their father dying that now he was going to mistreat them. Because you can even reconcile with people and they are still scarred by what you did to them and think at some point you're going to turn on them. And guess what he says to them? He says, he says listen to y'all, let me, let me just free y'all up. Let me tell you, he, he, this is good theology. You planned it for evil. You did it for evil, but God meant it for good. <laughs> when you get there, that's a beautiful place to be. He said, listen, your survival in hard season qualifies you also to help others, though. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction. Guess what? God takes you through that affliction, comforts you, and you're now able to see someone else in a difficult season and give them hope that God is up to something in their season. 
<laughs> it's a beautiful thing, family. And so the thing that keeps us from doing something stupid or being driven by anger, bitterness, and revenge is the meta-narrative, the big picture. God's big picture is also to benefit others and the maturity that it brings. But what's funny about this is Jesus went through all and more than Joseph. His brothers were Hebrews. The chief priests and the scribes, they were jealous of him. Uh, he told them the truth about what God had told them the truth to reveal to them. They beat him and gave him over to death. Took his garments like Joseph's garments got taken. But they hung him on a cross. He died till the sun turned dark. He died till the rain poured. He died till lightning roared. He died till the curtain was torn. He died until the earthquake. He died until the sun was sin was gone. He died till sins were forgiven. He died till the wrath of God was satisfied. He died till the devil's power was void. He died to restore all things. He died to kill your brokenness. He died to raise you up. He died to give your mental health back. He died until we would be seeing him in glory one day. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And in his role, when he returns in the second coming, just like Pharaoh was second in command, Jesus will sit at the right hand of the command of God forever. <laughs> I see Jesus all in this story. The father gave him rule over all things, just as Pharaoh gave Joseph rule over all things. <laughs> and guess what? Just as Joseph was exalted to preserve life. Jesus died and got up from the grave to preserve life. All life, not just our physical life, but our spiritual life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is keep your mind on things above where Christ is seated and you are also. Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 5, that our salvation is protected in heaven. He's preserving you. So what you, since he's preserving you, what you're going through won't destroy you. I, I just really pray. Listen, and guess what? We're going to have to be reminded of it over and over and over again. Because sometimes you get in a bad season and you just get amnesia. I don't know what God up to. And you was just saying God is a good God and you've seen him in all kinds of seasons. <laughs> um, I pray that God would help us to mature in how we deal with difficult times. Listen, you're either in a hard time, coming out of a hard time, or going into one. That's the circle of life to Jesus returns. But the promise is, 
is that he's taken us from one level of glory to another 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 level of glory from one level of grace to another level of grace to another level of grace in Jesus name amen every head bow every eye close Maybe you're here or online and you've never placed your confidence in Jesus. Um, putting confidence in him changes everything. It gives victory. It gives newness of life and freedom. Another thing that it gives is perspective. It begins then. Um, People say even in the world that everything happens for a reason. But God's reason is usually a bigger, more clear reason that has eternal purposes connected to it, not just personal blessing. But coming to Jesus is about being a bigger part of God's story and make your story bigger. But it also deals with your sin issues, separation from God issues, and will restore you fully to him. Maybe you're here today and you have never placed your confidence in Jesus. I would love to invite you to say he's your savior. If you're here today, you um, want to put your confidence in Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave. Stand to your feet. I'd love to pray for you. Anyone on the balcony or the floor want to place their confidence in Jesus? Anyone? Anyone that wants to say yes to the Savior? Even online, our search team is online, whether on YouTube or Facebook, you want to place your confidence in Jesus? Let us know. Well, while your head's bowed and every head closed, maybe you, the sermon hit you where it should have and you you're saying yeah I know what God said today was right but <laughs> um, I'm not there yet if that's you I want to pray for you you can stand where you are or you can come up in distance from others a bit you're saying I'm not there yet you can stand where you are I want to pray for you Anybody here today? This is a need prayer. I see y'all standing. Thank you for your boldness. Anybody else? I see you standing. Thank you for your boldness. Anyone else? I'm going through a hard season, or I've been through a hard season, and I'm singed by it, not changed through it. I see y'all on the balcony. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for standing. Anyone else? God, I need perspective. I see y'all. I see y'all. I see y'all. Thank you. I see y'all. Thank you for standing. You need God to make sense of it. I want to pray for you. You want to see God's purpose in the midst of it. I want to pray for you. I see you. I see y'all standing up.
don't struggle with it. Admit it. That's where you get your healing. That's where it begins. Thank you all for standing. I see you. We still got time. We still have time. Anyone else? Yeah, I see you standing. I see y'all. Thank you for standing. I saw you jump up. I thank you for standing. I see you. I see you. The Lord is in the room. He's in the room. He's passing by. I see you standing. Thank you for standing. Somebody's sitting saying, I don't want to deal with it right now. I don't want to deal with it yet. No, you got to deal with it. It'll affect you and it will follow you. Because wherever you are, you are. Anyone else? Thank you for standing. I see you. I see a bit of struggle. I thank you for standing. I see you. A sense of struggle in the room, but just dealing with it. Whatever it is for you. Anyone else? Thank you for standing. I see you. Father God, you can still stand while I'm praying. Father God, I see you standing. Thank you for jumping up. Father God, in Jesus' name, um, challenging seasons happen to us. I mean, Lord, I, I, to even involve with saying God sent me here. Um, that's a, a statement a lot of people in the room aren't ready to hear. God sent me here. God sent me through that. God didn't do the evil to me. But he sent me. Somebody's standing there like, I don't even, I don't even know how God can even make it. Based on what happened to me, what's the bigger purpose? What could be better? You could have did it another way, God. God chose the way that he chose to use. God, I'm praying for your people today that you would help them to not to rat, be rattled with disparity, but be developed and even pursue perplexity. Because it's okay not to understand why it was done but God wants us to hope. God, help us to hope in making sense of it all, God. And I know from my own life that there is not one hard season you haven't done. You didn't make sense of the whole thing, but you always gave me something in particular that you were doing. And God, give them a reason for it to make sense. That's God. That's the reason. And God, I pray that they would pursue you and not run away from you and run away from healing and run away from the reality of how they actually feel, but run towards it so that you can work it out. You said, cast your cares upon you because you care for us. Lord God, help there to be rest for the weary. God, we honor you and we thank you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen and amen. It's all right to put your hands together. It's all right. It's all right to put your hands together. Let's prepare our hearts and minds for communion. 
Communion is a time to celebrate, to celebrate the death of our Lord. It's a daily celebration, but this ordinance makes it a weekly uh, dedication. Well, we're dedicated to celebrating what makes us one as God's people. If you don't have uh, the elements, please hold your hand up so that we can get that to you if you are partaking. If you're gonna partake, if you wanna partake. Anyone don't have the elements that wanted to partake, just hold your hand up so we can get that to you. So we can get that to you. Amen, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Take the bread, if you will. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body, which is to be given up for you. And for us, it's the body which has been given up for us. Let us eat together. Taking the cup, he blessed it, held it up. He said, this cup of my blood is the blood of the new and everlasting covenant that was shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Let us drink together. Lord God Almighty, thank you that everything does happen for a reason. Thank, thank you, God, that we can survive any season. We can. We can survive any season. And you promised to make us better. So God, fuel us and help us to see things from your perspective and not our own. And Lord God, help us to be honest with where we are, but take us beyond where we are. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus from this time forth and forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen and amen, amen. Uh, verbalize a blessing to someone as you transition. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.